Our reading this morning comes from uh, the second book of Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 11 to 16. And if you want to follow the, uh, the reading, it's on page 442 in the Bibles in the church. <clears throat> and the heading is, The Lord Appears to Solomon. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will hear their land, and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Ted. I don't know how familiar that passage was to you, but I hope it will be very familiar by the time I've shared some thoughts with you on it. But um, just for those of you who uh, have been coming and have forgotten what we've been talking about week by week, or for those of you who haven't been along uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, we are currently in the middle of a teaching series on prayer. Uh, and encouraging us to pray and to learn different tools, really, uh, to pray. So the sermon series is overall called Tools of the Trade. And after we've been thinking about prayer, we'll be thinking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives us uh, so that those and other tools that uh, we have at our disposal as we live as Christians in a, an increasingly non-Christian world. So the story so far is that we've had um, week one, which was uh, when Russ talked to us about the prayers of adoration, uh, which was simply putting God first in our prayers, addressing our prayers to him, giving him our praises, our thanksgivings, and, uh, and just making sure that our focus is squarely on the Lord. And one of the challenges that he gave us was to take the Lord's Prayer and we, uh, day by day to, take, uh, to pray it through slowly, a phrase at a time, and just allowing each phrase to speak to us and just seeing what thoughts and reflections the Lord puts in our mind as we use the Lord's Prayer to stimulate our prayers. And then last week, uh, we had Tom sharing his thoughts on the prayers of petition. Uh, and petition, he explains, simply means asking God for things for ourselves. Uh, so praying for ourselves, something that many of us find really hard to do, actually. Find it a lot easier to pray for others. Uh, so in which case, this week will be a bit of a doddle for you, because intercession is thinking about praying for ourselves. But the things that Tom uh, left with us to think about were uh, to keep it simple, uh, to keep it real, and keep it up. So persevere in our prayers. 
So I thought it would be a good chance just to take a moment, turn to the person next to you, and just for a few seconds, tell them how you are getting on with the prayer course, this course of teaching. It could simply mean to say, I haven't been here for three weeks, so I don't know what you're talking about. It could be that I've, I've really struggled, I haven't managed to do any of it yet, but, uh, or, or just listen to what the other person has to say, if you prefer. Okay, so I'll just give you a few seconds, just talk to each other about how you're getting on with things so far. Okay? You've got plenty of time after coffee to finish your conversation, just to give you a flavour of how people are finding it. All right, so um, I uh, spent a little while, as I like to, Googling around uh, about prayer, and uh, I found this uh, video, which is a a, uh, Christian comedian. There are such things called Michael Jr., He is American, so forgive him for that. Um, And he is going to share his thoughts just for a couple of minutes on prayer. Hopefully get some sound. That would be helpful. (laughs) It's uh, behind him, what it says while we try and sort the sound out, uh, is thou shalt laugh, which is the 11th commandment, okay? Thou shalt laugh. Um, so hopefully somebody's going to help us to get some sound up. Hmm? Not connected. Okay. Well, Adrian, are you going to see if you can sort that out? And we'll just continue. And then when we've got it, we'll see if we can show it. Because I can't remember. I can't remember what he said. Ah, great. So can we go back to the start then? Oh, no, I was supposed to pray about, right? We'll slide it back to the start. No, not the sound. <laughs> we need to slide the timer slider back. It's really worth waiting for, folks. It only took me about four hours of searching to find it, so you're going to have it. That's the one. Two minutes, 15 seconds of quality comedy. Put the sound back up. Hey. He said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, that's the one. Well, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know. So he's gone to church for the first time. You want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. They've told him to pray for his neighbor. Right. Then they explained to me, right? Your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't. Now, I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good. and She must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. Praying. 
She was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, but seek. S is in search. E is in everywhere. E is in excellent. K is in kingdom. <laughs> You're the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. Now, it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. So I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You are good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosing moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because... You no, know, as the rec- as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I can fly, Amen. <laughs> I thought it was worth waiting for. Not a brilliant example of how to pray, and hopefully reassuring for you that you're not the only one who might be finding it quite difficult to pray with others or out loud. Um, so we're going to look today at what it means to uh, do intercession, which is um, quite a churchy jargon word, isn't it, intercession? Um, but it's not quite as complicated as it might sound, because if petition is asking God for what we might need, then intercession is simply asking God for what others need, other people, other places, other situations. Probably not like Michael Jr. thought he might pray for the lady next to him to have her bumpy face sorted out, though. Uh, well, not without her asking for it first, I don't think. Anyway, one of the most famous assurances in the Bible to do with prayers of intercession comes in that Bible passage that Ted read for us, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, and God is speaking to King Solomon after he has finally rebuilt and consecrated the temple in Jerusalem. And God said this, and if you do have your Bibles there, you can check it out uh, on page, I think it was 442. When I shut up the heavens, says the Lord, so that there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or I send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. So what God's saying here is that when problems come, the response he's looking for from us, his people, is that we should pray. But in all honesty, that's not usually our automatic response, not for most of us, certainly not for me, is it? It's not normally our automatic response to problems. Our normal response is, leave it with me, God, I got this. Okay? It's only when we feel sort of helpless and, or something we can't affect that we will automatically turn to prayer. And we do try and sort it out for ourselves quite often. But God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So he's saying that when problems come, and they will, we all have problems. We don't have to look far in the world to see there's problems everywhere. When problems come, if we will pray, That's our choice to pray. If we will humble ourselves and seek God's blessing, seek his face, then we'll see forgiveness, healing of the land, and so forth. 
Pete Gregg, who's the author of this prayer course that we're following, and he founded the 24-7 prayer group, said this. He said that the hinge of history is the bended knee. The hinge of history is the bended knee. Because it's when God's people cry out to him that he intervenes. I find that really, really amazing. He only gets involved when we cry out to him. We see it right through the Bible, of course, but we can also see it as we look back in history. May 1940. May 1940 was a time of grave crisis in World War II. Hitler's advancing forces were within, oh, I don't know, 10 or 12 miles of the coast of France and Belgium. They were threatening to wipe out the entire British expeditionary force that had been withdrawing. The only possible course of action was to... uh, congregate the British troops uh, on the coast at the the small port of Dunkirk and try and evacuate them. Absolutely hopeless situation uh, on all counts. It just seemed uh, unbelievable that anything good could come of it. But the then king, King George VI, decided to call the whole nation to prayer. A national day of prayer was called for the, uh, for the rescue of these forces from Dunkirk. And a heart cry of prayer went up from the whole country, from the entire nation, gathering in churches and elsewhere to pray uh, for this situation. And the outcome of that prayer was a miraculous deliverance of the British Expeditionary Force from certain annihilation. And it came about like this. Firstly... For some inexplicable reason, Hitler halted the advance of his land forces um, only 10 miles from the coast. Secondly, a huge storm blew up, which swept over Belgium and Flanders and grounded the German Luftwaffe, the Air Force, which I presume is what Hitler was thinking would sort things out on the coast and why he thought didn't need his land army. Under the cover of that storm, in the darkness and the violent rain, the British forces were able to withdraw from about eight miles out to the port of Dunkirk. And then thirdly, perhaps even more extraordinarily, despite that storm, the channel, as you can see, was a flat calm. Flat calm. And that's what allowed the vast armada of small ships, anything that would float really, to come back and forth from the, from the English coastline, from Dover and elsewhere, to evacuate the soldiers. Quite extraordinary outcome, uh, a response to prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and the course of history was changed. Now, I suppose you could be thinking, that's all really exciting, isn't it? But also a bit daunting. If my people will pray, nation's history is changed. And is it only me that might just sort of quietly wander in our hearts of whether this stuff's all great, but that's okay for your super spiritual prayer heavyweights, but not really for me, only for those sorts of people like the lady in Michael Jr.'s story who knew uh, the Bible back to front and inside out and had loads of practice at it. Is, is that just for them, not for me? Well, not a bit of it, I would say to you this morning. Not a bit of it, because basically intercession, intercession prayer simply means that you care deeply about other people and other situations and you lift those people and situations to God. That's all it means. You care. 
And remember what Tom said to us last week. You just keep it simple and you keep it real in your prayers. You pray as you can, not as you can't. And don't worry about what other people pray like. Because God's interested in your prayers. Interested in you, not comparing you. Do you care? Will you talk to him about it? We don't have to use super spiritual language. We don't have to use the right format like Michael Jr. tried to do and it ended up as gibberish really. We just have to care enough to talk to God about the needs of the world because we know that God's real and we love him. And any one of us can do that. Any one of us can pray like that. Ah, oh, but maybe I can hear some of you say, ah, oh, but wait a minute. I do know my Bible. And I know that there's a passage in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And in that little bit of that passage, Matthew records Jesus as saying, God knows what you need before you even ask him. So why do I need to pray then? Hmm? He knows everything I need. So why is that then? Why would he say that? And then he teaches us to pray if God knows what we need. Doesn't match up, does it? Well, it's an incredible biblical reality that God has designed the world to work in partnership with us humans. That's his plan. He wants to work in partnership with us, in relationship with us, when we, when we pray in his will. Things aren't just automatic. Our choices do make a difference. We're not puppets to God. The world isn't a puppet where we just do things uh, and we have no choices in it. We have choices. We can choose to do right things or wrong things, like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden chose to do the wrong things with massive implications for the world, which we are suffering from those repercussions even down to today. And it's the same with our prayers. What about the story in the Bible of the people of Israel fighting under Joshua's leadership uh, in the promised land, and there, at the same time, there little Moses was up in the mountains, holding his arms aloft, praying over them, praying over the battle. And Aaron and Hur had to come and hold his hands up so that he could keep praying, because when his hands dropped, he stopped praying, and the people of Israel started to lose. And when they propped his hands back up again and he carried on praying, uh, they started to win again. The prayer was making a difference. And it wasn't, it's not just in Bible times. Not just in Bible times, not just in last century, just a week ago. Uh, in this church, there's someone who is uh, going through the completely torturous, unbelievably hideous process of seeking to claim asylum. And about a week ago, the whole process, which has been dragging on for years, just came to a grinding halt because somebody who had a load of paperwork, which they should have sorted out and should have sent on to the next person, wasn't getting on and doing it. Despite many requests to hurry up, get on with it, please can you do it, please can you send it on, I really need this to happen. And deadlines were approaching whereby if these bits of paperwork hadn't got to the right people, the whole thing might have fallen apart. And this person who, who was uh, seeking the asylum called some folk in this church to pray for him. And I'm telling you the truth, within 24 hours, the whole situation was resolved. God intervened. The paperwork was sorted. It went to the next person and the process continues. Glory to God for that, I say. God answered our prayers in the most amazing way. So there is a link between how we pray and what happens in the world. 
If I pray, I can influence the shape of the future. Conversely, if I don't pray, there's stuff in the future that simply won't happen. Who knows what would have happened in May 1940 if the nation hadn't come together in prayer? Who knows? Some people at the 8 o'clock said, I wouldn't have been here because my father was on that coastline and he would have died, most like, and I would never have been born. It's just a mind-blowing thought, isn't it? People prayed, people cared. So we make choices in prayer and somehow that puts us in partnership with God. We bridge the gap between God and the world somehow. Just a little caveat, a little uh, point at the the moment, just to say that prayer isn't about getting God to do what we want, is it? You know this, many of you. It's not about saying to God, oh God, I need a nice new car, please can it be a red one? That's not what it's about, is it? Or so-and-so needs a new car and can it be a red one? Prayer is about saying to God, yes, yes to your will with my life, my relationships, my words, so forth, so on and so forth. And so when we start to, to, to pray, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, that's when it releases that blessing, the healing and the hope in the world. Okay, but the same person that said, ah, but a minute ago, is also now saying, ah, but in my head, and saying, hang on a minute, how do we know what God's will is? That's the $60,000 question, isn't it? How do we know? what God's will is in situations. Well, I think um, the best way to do that is just to begin to look at what God thinks and cares about. Just allowing that to affect us. And how do we know what he thinks and cares about? Well, we simply have to look in the Bible. We simply have to read what God says about things in the Bible. He cares about injustice. He cares about hatred. He cares about cruelty. He cares about suffering. He cares about poverty. He cares about sickness. He cares about all the things that are wrong in the world. He cares about people not knowing him for themselves. He cares that there are people out there who are perishing because they don't know the Lord Jesus. And when we start to talk to him about that, that's prayer. Because he cares and we care. And we get in communication with him. Some of you may know uh, the story of a guy called Bob Pierce. You heard of him? You may have heard of something that he founded. Well, he was, he was in Korea at the time of the Civil War that split Korea into North and South. And the situations were so dire. He was American. The situation was so dire out there that the children were eating the bark off the trees. There was so little for them to eat. And he wrote this famous prayer in the flyleaf fly of his Bible. This is what he wrote. Let my heart be broken with the things that break your heart, God. Let my heart be broken with the things that break your heart, God. And he went on to live with such a broken heart that he founded the charity World Vision. Many of you heard of that, right? World Vision came after, out of his heart being broken. And today World Vision's got apparently 40,000 staff in over 100 countries working to alleviate poverty. So when God breaks our hearts with the things that break his, that's when it will turn into prayer and it will also outwork itself practically. Let our hearts be broken with the things that break God's heart. So I'm going to end now by giving you four practical points, four things to take away 
just to help us to get on with interceding for things that God cares about, with praying for the things that are not right in this world. So firstly, we can't pray in ignorance, so get informed. Keep up to date with what's going on in the news uh, around the world. Keep up to date with with what's going on in your neighbourhood, in your family, with your friends. Just get informed and then you'll know what to pray about. Secondly, get inspired about who God is, about his promises, about what Jesus has done for us, what he's like. And then you'll understand the possibilities. It doesn't have to be the way it is. Get inspired to pray. So get informed, get inspired. Next, get indignant. That's what I've just been talking about. Get indignant about what God wants some things to happen and they simply aren't happening. And care about what he cares about and stand in the gap for situations and pray and ask God to change things, to change what's going on. And having got informed, got inspired, getting very indignant, finally, a good idea is to get together. Yes, it's great to pray on your own, but also there's power in praying with others. You know the, the Bible verse, when two or three, where two or three are gathered in my name, says the Lord, there will I be. So when two or three of us gather, there's real power in prayer. So in a couple of weeks, there's great opportunities to come together in prayer. Just like what happened in May 1940, we are being called, there's another national call to prayer by Archbishop Justin and Archbishop Centamu of York, calling the entire nation to send up a wave of prayer. Because our, although our nation's not under threat by sort of uh, armies and military forces at the moment, we are under threat from an increasing tide of secularization, of godlessness that is just sweeping across not just Britain but also around the world, of course, with, with notable sort of exceptions. We are under threat from people who are turning away from Christ, just finding him completely irrelevant to their lives. And we have a choice to respond to that call, to turn to prayer and to maybe save our country. So May the 18th to May the 15th, that's starting next Sunday, ending the following Sunday, thy kingdom come is the call. And we are joining in here in in all sorts of different ways. And you were given a leaflet on the way in. This one. If you didn't get one, please do pick one up on the way out. Tells you loads of ways that you can get involved in praying on your own or coming up here to pray or getting together with friends to pray. Um, so do take that home and maybe pop it, pop some of the dates and times in your diary. Uh, and let's really gather together as a church to pray for this country uh, to, to know Jesus Christ. Uh, and today, We're inviting you to pick up one of the individual prayer ideas. And in baskets in the corners of the church, we have some leather cords and some prayer cards. And this is one thing that Archbishop Justin has suggested, is that we pray for five. Uh, Think prayerfully of five friends or family that don't know Jesus. Jot their name down on the card. Then you get your leather cord and you tie five knots in it and put it on your wrist or in your pocket or somewhere where you'll fiddle with it. And whenever you fiddle with it, just pray for those people to come to know Jesus. And you don't have to do it just in the week, but it'd be great if you did. So pick that up after you've received uh, communion this morning and take it home with you. And you can get started on that. You don't have to wait till next Sunday. Pray for five. And you know what? We would love to hear the stories that come from that week of prayer. Come back with your stories and tell us about the people 
who are coming to know Jesus. The evangelist, just a quick one uh, just before I finish, the evangelist, D.L. Moody, had a list of a hundred people he was praying for to come to know Jesus. By the time he died, uh, every time anyone came to the Lord, he crossed them off his list and he prayed for the rest. By the time he died, 96 had come to know the Lord. Isn't that amazing? What's even more amazing, the other four came to faith at his funeral. So that's the difference we can make when we pray. Who knows? We may not know about it in the end. He didn't know about the other four, obviously. (laughs) But that's the difference we can make when we pray. Care, talk to God about it. He will act, I'm sure. So I'm just going to finish by rereading that passage of Scripture and then Jeff is going to come and lead us in a response. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Amen. Thank you, Claire.